Well, good morning, Outlook Church family. It's so good to be together. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas morning, and it's so good to see all of you the day after Christmas. I love Christmas morning. I mean, who, who doesn't? Christmas morning is great. We have nearly a whole month every year where we just anticipate Christmas Day. For some of you, it might be a little longer than a month. Uh, I have to confess personally, I had Christmas decorations up in the apartment uh, in mid-October. So that is a, a lot earlier than many of you think Christmas decorations should be up, but I had a good reason. Uh, my wife and I were getting married and we weren't coming back till after Thanksgiving. So kind of as a surprise, wanted to have the apartment decorated for Christmas. But still, mid-October is real early. And I understand that. Uh, how many of you in the room are just after Thanksgiving, folks? Is that, yeah, that, that's more normal for sure. Um, but Christmas morning is just so, so great. The world practically pauses as we anticipate this day. Teachers and students get a couple weeks off of school. It has its own season. And I hope, again, you had a wonderful Christmas morning. And maybe it went a little bit like this. It's morning. It's Christmas morning, man. Fuller, don't get your hopes up. Huh? I don't think Santa Claus visits hotels. Are you nuts? He's omnipresent. He goes everywhere. Hey guys, wake up! It's Christmas! <laughs> Gotta be honest, I did not spend yesterday morning at the Plaza Hotel, and if you all did, you must have traveled really far and really fast to make it here this morning, but I was able to spend Christmas morning with my wife, which was super cool, but growing up, my family did have a tradition that every year we would get up at 7 a.m. Uh, to unwrap presents. Now, to some of you, that might seem really early. To some others, maybe not so much, but 7 a.m. every single year because we just could not put off Christmas any longer. And some years I couldn't sleep. I even had trouble sleeping on Christmas Eve night too, even as a 23 year old. Uh, but I'm just so excited for Christmas morning. I would stay up real late playing video games just to pass the time. What a morning Christmas morning is. But if you're anything like me, after you unwrap all the gifts underneath the tree, after all the wrapping paper and gift boxes are nearly destroyed, there comes a moment where you think to yourself, all right, so, so what now? It comes and it goes just like that. All of the anticipation, all of the music, all of the lights, all of it for this hour, and it's over. What do we do now? 
If you're a little younger in the room, maybe you got some toys and games to play with. I must confess, I still got a lightsaber for Christmas like a few years ago, so I didn't totally outgrow that. But Christmas starts to get a little shorter. What do we do now? My wife and I, after opening, uh, exchanging gifts yesterday, uh, it took about two and a half minutes maybe, we looked at each other and we're like, well, Merry Christmas. And then it's over. So that brings us to today. And this is probably a little dramatic, but December 26th is my least favorite day of the year. It's just a bummer. It's the day after Christmas. There's 364 more days until the next Christmas. December 26th is just a letdown. And maybe that's why I'm preaching this morning. Uh, You know, I kid. Uh, But it's just kind of a bummer. All of that anticipation and fun on Christmas Day is over in what feels like an instant compared to the amount of time that we spent waiting for it to get here. So I guess thank you for being here on the worst day of the year as we're in our, our final week of this Christmas series, Our Real Christmas Stories, where we've taken a look at some true stories from scripture and also took a look at some of our favorite Christmas movies too. And I love seeing a lot of our kids in pajamas today. Adults, wish there was some more showing from you guys in that department, but it's all right. Um, And it's just been a lot of fun. And this series could not be any more up my alley. I'm a huge movie buff. If you know me at all, you know that about me. I am an AMC A-list member. I have a large uh, movie collection at home, spanning many different genres and decades. And I must confess, on stage this morning, I am wearing movie popcorn socks in celebration of this moment, this really cool Sunday and this really cool series. I love movies. But I love movies because of the impact those stories can have on our lives. It's been a blast revisiting these true stories from Scripture as well as rediscovering and revisiting some of these wonderful movies and stories from our culture today. We talked about grace in week one and looked at Home Alone and Jingle Jangle, and we talked about Wonder in week two and took a look at Elf in week three. We talked about tangible acts of love and care and looking at It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Vacation. And today we're going to be talking about hope. We're going to answer a few questions Okay, so what do we do now? Now that this series is over, now that Christmas, this Christmas season is over, what happens now? How do we keep this hope we have in Jesus? How do we keep anticipating Jesus? As well as taking another look uh, at a famous Christmas movie. My hope is for you this month that maybe you've heard the Christmas story in a brand new way. That you've never heard it before. You thought you had heard it all before, but this month something finally clicked. You're on fire for Jesus and ready to tackle the new year, which starts next week, which is crazy, side by side with your Creator. Maybe you're heading into the new year feeling a little far from Jesus. He feels way too distant, and you're feeling it now in this holiday season more than ever. Or maybe you're just coasting indifferent to Jesus right now. You would tell people if they asked you about Jesus, yeah, I follow that Jesus guy, but there's not much evidence of that in your life right now, and Jesus has kind of taken the back seat. I don't know where you're at this morning with Jesus, but I know there's hope because we've seen it all month long. I know it's there. 
So what do we do now? What do we do with this hope that we have? How can we set ourselves up for success as we close 2021 and look to 2022? I think this feeling we have has a little bit of that Christmas morning feel. This month we've gotten to unwrap and unpack some really cool worship experiences together. But now it's over. It would be easy to say, oh wow, this Christmas season has been really cool for me. But I'm just going to leave that behind and move on to the next thing. But I don't want us to move on to the next thing. I want us to stay here. I want us to continue to fall in love with Jesus and rediscover who he is again and again. This baby who we've been talking about all month. I don't want us to just leave it here. We can't. Because when we meet Jesus, when we encounter Jesus or discover who he is, we cannot simply just stay here. It forces us to change and be different. We cannot stay the same. So what do we do now? We've heard the good news. We know about this baby who will come and save the world and break chains and set captives free. We have unwrapped the greatest gift and the greatest hope that's ever been given. What do we do If you have your Bible, go ahead and flip to Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 16. We have an answer to this what do we do now question from Jesus himself, starting with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Well, there we go. We have our answer. What do we do now? Jesus doesn't tell us to just sit here and wait around for something to happen. No, we've got some stuff we have to do. We have to go. Put yourselves in the disciples' shoes for a moment. Jesus leaves you with these words and will shortly ascend to heaven. He's gone. It probably would have been easier to just go on with life, to just wait until he comes back again. And in fact, they did exactly that after he left the first time, when he was was dead for three days. In John chapter 21, we see Jesus return to his disciples after his resurrection. And what are they doing? They're fishing. Exactly the same thing they were doing before they knew who Jesus was. It was easier for them to just go on with their normal lives. And it would be easier for us to just go on with our lives after this Christmas season, not think about any of this again until next December. It would be easier to say, oh, yay, baby Jesus, and go on with life. But that's not what we're called to do. We have an assignment. So that brings us to our first big idea this morning, and it's keep moving. In the famous Christmas movie, The Polar Express, one of the main storylines weaving in and throughout this movie is a story about a bell. Our main character starts the film unable to hear the bell with no hope, no belief. But then after riding a pretty cool train with some hot chocolate for a while and getting to the North Pole, he has an awesome encounter with Santa that changes everything for him. 
And he can now hear that bell loud and clear. Check out this scene from the Polar Express. Wait, look. Here's one more. Has your name on it. on the seat of my sleigh. Better fix that hole in your pocket. Mr. C. Oh, what a beautiful bell. Who's it from? Santa. Santa? Really? Oh, that's too bad. What's this? Huh? Broken. Sorry about that, sport. Come on, kids. We don't want to be late. If I'm being honest, the, the Polar Express hasn't been a movie that I have loved and cherished over the last few years. But when I came back to this scene, it reinvigorated me in a way and also made me realize I've got work to do, both in my own life and in the lives of those around me. My hope for you is that after this month, you feel a lot like our main character here. You've had an awesome encounter with Jesus and you're on fire and you can hear the bell loud and clear right now. And everything's different. I hope and hopefully you, you don't want this to fade either. So I wanna encourage you this morning, don't sit still. As I mentioned earlier, it would be more comfortable and it would be easier for us to do nothing with what we've taken in this month, to let all of this pass, but don't. Because Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, the passage we just read, that we cannot sit still, we have work to do. So if you're not already, consider what a, a next step might look like for you, whether that's baptism, a public declaration of your faith, whether that's joining a small group to find community, to do this Jesus thing well with other people in 2022. Maybe it's jumping in and serving on one of our teams, whether it's in hospitality, serving hot chocolate, or whether it's with uh, Miss Amy in kids ministry, or with me in student ministry, whatever that looks like, we would love for you to take a next step with your faith and put what you've learned and taken in this month in to action. Maybe you had the same reaction to this clip as I did. You saw the parents come in who can't hear the bell, and a few people came to mind. I have a couple people in my life who I know just aren't hearing the bell right now, who don't know Jesus, or maybe used to know Jesus, but somewhere along the way just lost sight of who he is. So maybe your next step, your next move, is to reach out to a family member or to a friend who maybe isn't hearing the bell right now, who feels like Jesus is super distant. Maybe they don't know who Jesus is. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. 
Or maybe you yourself aren't hearing this bell at all. And it's not where you want to be. It's not even necessarily that you don't know who Jesus is. It's just that it doesn't feel close. He doesn't seem to be showing up when you feel like you need him to the most. And I pray if that's where you're at this morning, that this church, that this place, that this room, this family can be a place that walks alongside you in that. But please don't sit still and don't go through it alone. When we meet Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, we have to move. And one of the most famous examples of encountering Jesus and taking a next step is in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, we see this guy named Saul, pretty, pretty famous guy in the Bible. And Saul was not hearing the bell. In fact, in verse 1 of Acts 9, we see that he's sending out murderous threats against Christians in the area. Talk about not hearing the bell, right? But on his journey, he literally gets blinded by Jesus, has this amazing encounter with Jesus, and his life has changed forever. So much so that his name actually changed. And he would go on to become one of the greatest spreaders of the gospel in the history of the world. He was so changed by this encounter with Jesus. He did not sit still. He moved. Jesus told him to go like he tells all of us to go. And Paul, he went. I'm not saying you're going to be the greatest spreader of the gospel in the history of the world. That's not, that's not realistic for any of us. But we can figure out what's next for us to keep the ball rolling and to keep moving. I mentioned John chapter 21 earlier about how the disciples just went on to doing what they always did after Jesus left. But we know what happens the second time Jesus leaves them. After he ascends, Peter and the disciples don't sit still. The Holy Spirit comes and the church was born. We have no choice but to move, friends. But not only do we have to keep moving, we have to keep anticipating. One of the really cool things about all of this, and I don't want it to get lost in the hustle and bustle of Christmas and celebrating Jesus' birth, one of the really cool things about this is that Jesus is coming back. I get chills just thinking about it, but Jesus is coming back. I know we do a ton of anticipating this month during the Christmas season. And it goes to January and everything changes and it's not that way. But we never have to stop anticipating. Because that second arrival, it might even be better than the first one. We can keep our eyes fixed on his return. We can bring a piece of the kingdom to earth right now. And we can also look forward to the day when he comes back. The early church had Jesus' return on their mind quite a lot. They believed that it was imminent, that it was going to happen soon. And it changed everything about the way they lived their lives. Paul, as we already talked about, Peter, Barnabas, Stephen, go on down the line in the book of Acts. We see the way they lived, and it's hard for us to comprehend. How are they that brave? How are they that bold? But I think it makes sense with the context that they believed Jesus was coming back soon. It changed everything for them. And shouldn't it change the way we live too? If we know Jesus is coming back again, what on earth do we have to lose? 
Our anticipation of Jesus' second arrival should throw off all of the, the shame, the guilt, the fear that often holds us back from hearing that bell, from believing that this hope is real. It should absolutely flip a switch in our minds. We should want everyone we've ever met to know Jesus because he's coming back again. There's another arrival coming. We can't just let this season pass. The stakes are too high. So keep anticipating Jesus. Keep looking forward to his arrival. What we're talking about this morning, what we've talked about all month, doesn't have to be this thing that comes and it goes. This posture of anticipation can be a way we live our lives. And that brings us to our final big idea for this morning, and it's to keep hope alive. The ideas of of hope and anticipation are very closely intertwined. This baby, the savior of the world, he he is the hope for all time, so keep that hope alive. Keep anticipating. I think 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 puts it uh, really well. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. I think this verse really gets to the heart of what we're talking about. Keep hope alive. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ comes again. This Christmas season may be over literally, but as I mentioned, this posture of expectancy and hope that 1 Peter mentions here can keep going long, long, long after this season. It can be a way we live our lives. Because of Jesus and who he is, we always have hope. No matter how bad things look right now, no matter how hard life seems to continue to get, We have hope. And friends, we have a lot of it. So when we put this Christmas series behind us, when we leave here this morning, what is going to look different for you? What is going to change for you? How are you going to live from here on out? Because this hope changes everything. It's been a blast diving into Scripture and diving into some of our favorite Christmas stories together this month. I hope in some fashion you've encountered Jesus in a new way and have thought about Christmas in a way maybe you hadn't thought about it before. The next time we meet, and this is just the reality of it, the next time we meet, it'll be 2022, which is crazy. (laughs) And my prayer for all of us is that we continue to walk with Jesus closer than ever, and that we keep hope alive that we discovered this month. It doesn't have to feel like Christmas morning all the time. I mean, it should. Christmas morning is magical, and the Jesus thing is really cool, but it doesn't have to just come and go, and then we forget about it for a while. It doesn't have to be like that. This hope, the anticipation of Christ's return, his second arrival, can change our lives each and every I pray that's true for you and that we can start next year truly changed by how the Spirit has moved this month and this season. So what do we do now? We go, we keep anticipating, we keep hope alive. 
I hope that this morning you've thought of a, a next step for you that makes sense for you with where you're at with Jesus. And I hope, I hope, if you hadn't been hearing the bell all month, that you are this morning and that we can head into 2022 more on fire for Jesus than we ever have been. Let me pray for us and we'll head into communion. God, thank you for this morning and just this chance to dive into your word and to some of our favorite Christmas movies and uh, just see you there, God. Continue to move in this place. Help us as we move into 2022 to find a next step for us that makes sense as we try to walk closer with you than we ever have before. God, I pray that we would hear your bell loud and clear and that we would feel your presence with us, God. We love you so much and thank you for this awesome month we've had um, to just rediscover you and, and what this season is all about. God, we love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen.